You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and the skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to The Boutique with Collective 54, a podcast for founders and leaders of boutique professional services firms. For those that aren't familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community to help you grow, scale, and exit your firm bigger and faster. My name is Greg Alexander, and I'm the founder, and I'll be your host today. And on this episode, we're going to discuss sales and marketing process. The reason why we're going to talk about this is because on the path of a boutique, from the growth stage to the scale stage to the exit stage, it's important that a firm moves away from a partner-led sales model or a CEO-led sales model, and they build a repeatable sales engine of some kind. And that typically involves development of talent, process design, um, metrics tracking, things of that nature. And it can be a stumbling block for some because our founders and CEOs are naturally gifted in this area usually and they tend to be the chief rainmaker for a period of time or in some cases founders and CEOs are more operationally focused and sales and marketing is a new skill for them and they have to learn how to do this and it's a real challenge you know to develop this capability and it's essential to scale it's particularly essential to exit and the reason for that is because anybody who might want to buy your firm wants to know that there's some system in place that is going to be able to predictably, on a regular basis, bring in new clients and expand existing clients. So that's what we're going to talk to talk about today. And and we have a role model who's going to be our um, expert, if you will. And her name is Lenka Lekmanova. Did I pronounce that last name correctly? Yes, you did. Okay, very good. And. Um, She's in the middle of this. I've spoken to her about this before, and, and I'm pleased that she's here and willing to share her experiences so far on this topic. So, so Lenka, thanks for being here. Would you introduce yourself to the audience, please? Sure. Greg, thank you for having me. Um, my name is, as you said, Lenka Lekmanova, and I'm a CEO of V2 Strategic Advisors. We are a um, technology and management consulting firm uh, focused on salesforce.com digital transformation uh, projects. Um, and uh, our business was originally founded by, uh, by a founder that specifically focused on sales and marketing processes versus I am operationally founded um, an oriented CEO that has um, is not selling or delivering services. Yeah, so exhibit A to what I was talking about at the uh, at the beginning, and we have many many members in the collective in a similar situation. So your uh, your topic and your talk today is going to resonate. So I guess let me start there. So for somebody who is a CEO and doesn't come from the sales and marketing background, but knows that this is a critical thing for your firm, what's the first thing you did to get familiar with it to get started on this journey? You know, um, truly, it is not what I did, but what the founder did to transfer that knowledge um, into the organization. Um, and really, 
how it started is with recognizing um, that this is a journey that he needs to take um, and transition from um, him running sales and marketing completely to growing the team. Um, I will say in our organization, we have tested various models um, and the one that has proven to be the most effective is you know, really um, transferring the knowledge to someone within the organization that may not necessarily have the traditional sales background, but really understands what we do and um, how to sell the value of the organization. Hmm. So that's interesting and that's encouraging because some would say that somebody who doesn't come from a sales background is never gonna be able to sell. I, I disagree with that. I think it's a learned skill. And it sounds like you've had some success with this in, in teaching those that don't come from a sales background but really understand who you are, what you do, your clients, your solutions. They're having success? Yeah, I think um, you know it's recognizing what your business sells. I think you, as a, as a business, you have to understand what is unique about um, what you're selling. In professional services, um, especially in the niche market like we are, we although there's many Salesforce services providers, uh, we have focused on specific niche market. And with that comes a lot of enabling, a lot of education for our clients. So really that consultative approach, mm. um, it was key to um, our sales model. Um, there And therefore, um, that transition from founder-led um, sales uh, organization was um, critical that we bring someone who understands who've been there delivering the services to our clients and understands the journey so that value-based selling can be um, created. You know, in, in the niche that you're in and understanding that niche, so for the audience, maybe maybe go one level deeper there. What is your specific niche? Um, our niche is uh, we focus on a lot on media and uh, entertainment uh, clients or clients in this particular industry. Um, we focus on other, we expanded our repertoire, but uh, particularly at the time when we were transitioning from uh, founders-based um, model, we uh, predominantly serviced uh, media and entertainment organization and helping with their middle um, office management, um, standing up CRM um creating digital transformation. Um, and in that particular industry, uh, understanding how ad sales management and uh, digital sales management uh, works is critical. It is not something that you can just, you know, it, it is not just enough to understand the technology background and the sales force. You have to have a specific industry knowledge and understand how those type of clients operate. Okay, well, that would explain it. It sounds like, that vertical industry knowledge, media and entertainment, and how advertisement is sold um, was the mission-critical skill that your prospects and customers were looking for. So therefore, it makes a lot of sense for somebody who really understands your solutions in, in great depth to be in the sales capacity because that's what the prospects are looking for. Um, just for context, did you attempt to hire or develop traditional salespeople who didn't have that industry experience and it was through that experiment that you learned that that's what's required or did it happen more organically that you promoted some people from the delivery team into sales and they just thrived? 
Yes, and I will continue to um, expand actually on your question because I think it's a combination. Mm. Um, I think the the yes, we promoted within the organization mm-hmm. um, someone who worked very closely uh, with um, the founder, and there were actually two aspects to it. One was sales engineering, and one was actually that consultative selling. So really understanding the technical nuances um, and then understanding the value base. Uh, but then we also hired from outside for traditional um, account executive um, into traditional account executive roles because it was really important that um, we create um, a width of relationships. Um, our selling model is also not just purely account-based um, outreach, but it's also channel. Um, so mm-hmm. we do a lot of um, combination of account-based sale as well as channel-based uh, sale, meaning channel um, for those who don't have that model. So we have to collaborate very heavily with um, the account executives that sell actual sales for software. Um, and you know, for in order to be effective, you really need to do both. You need to do prospecting activities as well as growing your relationship in a channel. Um, and therefore, we our approach was to do a combination of a few different things. So really having technical experts who can support sales cycles and those were grown within the organization, um, you know, as well as thought leadership. Um, And then we hired traditional sellers uh, from professional services, Um, but none of them were Salesforce experts. Mm. Um, We have tried to hire from software companies, um, you know, in the different stages, but those skill sets didn't necessarily translate well. Um, You know, and and a lot of members uh, have that same experience, right? So the lesson for all of us to take here is really understanding the job, the account executive job, the sales engineering job, in Lenka's case, at the detail level to know what the skills are are required. Just because somebody was a successful account executive with XYZ software company doesn't mean they're gonna be successful with you. I mean, you're using value-based selling, consultative-based selling, there's a channel involved. Um, You know, that's a very specific job description. And um, I'm not surprised that the kind of non-traditional person that went into this role is having success uh, a delivery person in particular, or what I would call a delivery person, a technical expert in your language. Um, a question on that. Sometimes when you go to technical experts and you ask them to get involved in business development, sales and marketing, they don't want to. <laughs> so how did you um, present the opportunity and encourage them to, to move in that direction? Um, well, I think uh, it was kind of a natural transition um, you know, we uh, had a couple of team members that have been with the organization for a while. And, you know, as every organization, you want to grow your talent and provide opportunities. Mm. Um, and some of these opportunities were uh, created by inviting them to sales cycles, helping with a scoping, uh, figuring out how we deliver, um, you know, what are the nuances, what questions do we need to ask in order to successfully deploy um, our, um, our services. Um, Um, And the final aspect is also that understanding really what makes us unique in a marketplace um, and documenting it. Mm. I think our founder had um, specific methodology 
that he used. Um, and before we transitioned to the sales team, to, to sales team, he worked with them for about six to nine months side by side and documenting um, some of the processes or wow. methodologies, creating a sales structure, um, taking, downloading what's in his head that he didn't necessarily have to uh, put down because it was a little bit more smaller team um, that was selling or through principal consultants or hmm. subject matter experts that were involved, but taking that knowledge and translating into system, into operating procedures, um, and um, into best practices. Hmm. You know, it's such a great point, and, and I'm really glad to hear that you found it took the time to do that, six to nine months of documenting, you know, what was in what was in his head so other people could understand it and, and, and do what what he did. Um, that for those listening that are in the founder role that want to move to this sales model where other people in the firm can sell as well as you can sell. That's a that's a critical best practice to pay attention to. Link, if I come to you for a moment, so you are a self-described operationally focused CEO. I'm not putting words in your mouth, and we've talked about that. And one thing that I've always gained from you is that you believe in metrics. And I'm assuming that you have a set of metrics that you're paying attention to that helps you, you know, learn what's going on in the sales department. Would you mind sharing some of those metrics with us? Sure, absolutely. Um, so even before I transitioned to um, my current role, um, I worked very closely with the sales organization on driving behaviors um, of account executives and the activities that uh, we want to foster. So, you know, for um, the founders that are looking to establish metrics or, you know, stand up a traditional commercial uh, team, sales team, is identifying um, what activities they would need to, what activities they struggle. Is it the top of the funnel? Is it the middle of the funnel? Is it the bottom of the funnel? And you know, drive um, the, the metrics around around those weak points. Um, in our particular instance, it was a little bit more off top of the funnel. We had, we had once we engaged in a client. Um, we tend to build uh, trust in relationship with a prospect and we had quite a strong closing um, closing rate, especially with you know the founder. Uh, but our challenge has always been a little bit more top of the funnel, so the lead generation. Um, and therefore, when we um, stood up commercial team, our focus was um, you know was how do we generate those um, those leads? Um, so we focused on uh, measuring prospecting activities. Um, what are this individual sellers doing in terms of the outreach to on, in terms of their accounts, um, as well as in their channel relationship? And our big goal was to grow those channel relationships. So we were measuring um, the expansion, how many new relationships they were forming um, and how many um, meetings or calls they were they were. Um, uh, managing uh, over a period of one week, uh, 30 days. Um, and in some instances, what has been happening over the last 90 days, right? Because certain activities, especially when you have a territory, you have to look at the size of the territory um, and define what's realistic that there is a touch point. Mm. Um, so, you know, looking at your territory and saying, is it, you know, you have to reach out to all your 
50 or 100 accounts every week. That's probably not realistic. But, you know, what are you doing over a period of 90 days? So mm -hmm. dissecting that. Mm -hmm. Then from prospecting activities, from phone calls or, you know, emails, uh, marketing materials, um, you know, we're trying to generate meetings. Meetings are what form, forms that trust provides opportunities. So the second layer was, um, you know, you do those prospecting activities so you can get meetings. Uh, once you have those meetings, um, you know, whether they're cha channel direct, either way, they got to result into opportunities. Mm. And those opportunities ultimately result into converted sales. Mm. So it's a little bit of funnel building through those prospecting activities. In four stages, activities, meetings, opportunities, and then closed transactions. So that's yeah. excellent. I appreciate you walking me through that. Well, listen, I could talk to you about this forever, but we're at our uh, our time window here. But um, on behalf of the members, I mean, your your story, your use case is very interesting. You know, it's, uh, an organization that has transitioned from founder-led sales to a commercial sales engine. And you gave uh, lots, lots of stuff to think about. So I appreciate uh, you being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Okay, great. And for those that want to learn more about this topic and others like it, uh, I suggest you pick up a copy of our book. It's called The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and Sell a Professional Services Firm. And if you're interested in meeting leaders of other ProServe firms like Lenka, consider joining our mastermind community. And you can find it at collective54.com. Thanks again, Lenka. Take care. Thank you.